This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Measured Thoughts on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here's your host, David Reepstein. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Measure Thoughts on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. And it must be March. I can tell you that because March Madness is in the air. I'm your host, Dave Reepstein, Professor of Marketing here at the Wharton School. And I'm joined, as always, in the studio by my co-host and Ph.D. candidate of Marketing and Business Ethics here at the Wharton School, Sunil Betty. Welcome. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here, Dave. It's March. It's March Madness. It is March Madness indeed. And this, I'm a huge, I mean, huge basketball fan. I'm a big basketball fan too, but I did not, I didn't know the song that you originally just played there. Sweet Georgia Brown. Yeah, absolutely. Learn something new today. That's it. When I hear that song, I can hear the basketball just bouncing, bouncing, bouncing <laughs> down. So I grew up in Kansas. Yeah. At the, you know, I think of Kansas as sort of the, the mecca of basketball. Yes, big basketball Now, there's powerhouse. three other states that sort of claim that. So can you name those states? Um, Indiana. Indiana's one. Okay, there okay, we go. There, there, that was an easy one for you. And I want to say... Since you're uh, heading to Indiana. North Carolina. North Carolina's is a, a third one. Who's the fourth one? Florida? No, no. You're from Come Florida, on. but that... K- Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky, Kentucky. Right, right. But, okay. But Kansas is the mecca. Mecca. And so, and so when basketball season comes around, it's really, really exciting. I will tell you, I have attended multiple um, Final Fours. Really? I, I'm a huge basketball wow, fan. Wow. I didn't you, realize you were that big of a fan, You, you didn't know that, but I I'm a huge, huge fan. So Who that's have, Who's the pick for this year, then? So, uh, Kansas. Kansas Rock, Jock, Jayhawk. Of course. Yeah, is, of course. Is the thing. So, of course. So, indeed, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm very, you know... Actually, since I mentioned that I've gone to a couple of them, I have a question for you and and actually a question for our audience. So you don't have to answer it. But here's the thought that I have. If you if if your team's in the tournament, Mm -hmm. at what point do you buy tickets to go to the final four? Hmm. And do you buy tickets on the chance that they might get into the final four? And by the way, that means tickets, but also airfare. Hotels. hotels. Yeah. And so do you do all those things or do you wait till the last week when you see they finally get in? Hmm. And so trying to think about that. So I'm curious for the audience, if you're a basketball fan and your team's in the tournament, at what point do you buy tickets? Or did you buy them you know, eight months ago, because you knew that your team was that good, <laughs> you were going to be in it. If you're at Kansas, you're Kansas you know. You just buy them, right? If you're at Gonzaga. Because they've been in the tournament 21 consecutive seasons. So, you know, they probably have already bought them for next year and the year after that in in anticipation. So that's part of what goes on. Um, A second question I want to ask the audience is how much does being in the tournament really help the university and applications? Mm. Uh, Do you think it helps at all? Do you think it has an impact? How much does it have an impact uh, at all? And trying to, uh, to think about that. And the third question I want to ask is, does it, does it have its impact if you get in the tournament 
versus does it only have an impact if you win the mm, tournament? Definitely. And so trying to think about those and how much is that differential? So trying to think about all those things. And why am I talking about all that? Because today's program, we have some very exciting uh, news. We've, we've got on the program Dave Sontag, who is the Associate Vice President of Marketing and Communications at? Gonzaga. Gonzaga, yeah. Fantastic. So, fantastic. I'm sure he's going to have some opinions on this. I'd like to hear from the rest of the audience on that. And we'll see what it is that uh, that we could learn. I want to remind our audience that uh, you're listening to Measured Thoughts on Sirius XM 132. And we are played every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m., Pacific time. I have to mention that because we are talking to Gonzaga. <laughs> yep. And uh, that you can give us a call at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. You can email us at MeasuredThoughtsXM, the letter X, the letter M, at gmail.com. There we go. You can follow us on Twitter at Biz, that's B-I-Z Radio 132. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk to Dave Sontag, as I said, the Associate Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Gonzaga. And then in the second part of the program, we're going to open up the lines to any questions, any comments anyone has about marketing. But in particular, I'm trying to think about uh, those three questions that I asked and what affects the brand then of of a university. Mm -hmm. And one of those things happens to be your basketball, basketball team. team. Yeah. So without further ado, let's get to Dave Sontag. Dave, welcome. Glad to have you on the program. Yeah, thank you very much. I uh, really appreciate being on the show today. Well, I appreciate you joining us because this has got to be an exciting time for Gonzaga. And uh, Gonzaga or Gonzaga? Okay, so here we go. The first branding <laughs> lesson of the day, right? There we go. Yeah, and, and this is a big one for us. So yeah, we hear it. We tend to hear Gonzaga a lot, but... We want folks to know it's Gonzaga, so think of Zag as in bag, and that's the right pronunciation. So so if I did a pop quiz of Americans, um, what percent would know where Gonzaga happens to be located? Well, I tell you what, because we went to the Final Four in 2017, a lot more do and the evidence, and, and this is just one of those marvelous things that, that came about through that run, is uh, where is Gonzaga was the number one place search for Google for the year of 2017. No, no. that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. I, mean, it, it just, I love it. It completely blew my mind. That's very that, that, that's, cool. So, that's great. Yeah, so, hopefully a lot more people know now. So I will tell you, by the way, that my family is originally from the state of Washington. And so, um, but that's Seattle, Washington. But whenever we would go there, we would have to travel through Spokane on our way. And so I I know well where you happen to be, but I figure most people did not know. And so that's so cool that you were the, the number, you know, I would think like, where's Pizza Hut or something? <laughs> yeah, the closest pizza, something like yeah. that would have been the number one. But where are the Zags is, uh, is pretty cool. So, um, so tell me. What's your role at the university? I read your title, and well, actually, what's your background, and then how did you get to do what you're doing now? Sure, sure. So, uh, as far as my background goes, I am a Zag. I, I graduated from Gonzaga University in 1996, and uh, from there, I went on to work for two different public relations and marketing firms. 
And uh, then I discovered higher ed. I went to work out at Eastern Washington University, go Eags, and <laughs> I was there for a while and, you know, really discovered just how awesome higher education marketing is. You know, you, you get the variety of an agency uh, because there's so many different initiatives and schools um, but yet you're still all on the same team, you know, kind of all oaring the same direction. Uh, so when the position came up at Gonzaga and when I applied for the position about 11 years ago now, it was only the second, uh, marketing chief, if you will, that it would ever be hired at Gonzaga. So in the whole scheme of our 132 year history here, We've only had, you know, two people in my role. So um, I was lucky enough to get the position. And, and so as associate vice president for marketing, I act as the chief marketing officer. And I oversee the brand, um, the website, our publications, uh, marketing and promotions that uh, impact our fundraising and our enrollment. You must have been going gaga when you uh, got that opportunity there. So that had to be really exciting for you, uh, I, I'm sure. So... I don't get it. What does a chief marketing officer of of a university, and in particular of Gonzaga, Gonzaga? Right. No. Yeah, Zaga. yeah you're getting it. Zaga, Gonzaga, Gonzaga. Actually, do. And and so, what is that role? What's what's the definition of what you do? Right. Yeah. So so I am the person that is really responsible for our brand and oversees the brand. So, you know, that is uh, everything from brand research to brand strategy uh, to making sure that we have a consistent visuals and voice throughout the entire university. Uh, you know, we have many employees, many students, so that that's a daily job in and of itself. Uh, trademark concerns. And then uh, I oversee a department, there's 19 of us, and uh, you know, we've, we operate like a news crew. We're constantly putting out news and information about our alums and our students. Uh, we operate the website, so always keeping it fresh and staying on top of SEO and everything like that. And then we run uh, marketing campaigns for everything from undergraduate admissions, you know, bringing those students into the university to campaigns that, you know, reach alumni and friends and encourage them to invest in the university through uh, giving to scholarships. So I've got, I've got to believe your best marketing program is your basketball team. You know, I, I started the program talking about uh, March Madness, and I'm figuring the, the, the head of marketing is there on the sidelines cheering the team on, and that's a major part of what it is that you do because it's got to be, you know, that team has got to be your major marketing instrument. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we can't deny it. It's invaluable. You know, you, you can't put a, a price tag on this this group of student athletes that is, is out there. You know, with Gonzaga, they always talk about, you know, that, that little school that could. And, and we're out there, uh, the Davids, if you will, battling the Goliaths. And we've been so successful with it. And so you can't deny that that team is out there putting forth an incredible image and they're on national television on ESPN. So, you know, the exposure, if you were to add up the minutes and advertising that you would have to pay uh, for our team being out there on ESPN, and we're usually one of the, the teams that is on ESPN the most, right? you know, you couldn't put a, put a price tag on that. So, 
You know, you're right. It's it's a tremendous marketing and brand vehicle. However, um, my career here has been the study of how do you properly leverage that so that the school is not, you know, and, and don't take this in the wrong way, but quote unquote, just a basketball school, you know, because we're, we're so much more than that. Yeah. That, uh, you know, I, I want to find the answer to that question of how you do leverage it, but I want to emphasize what it is that you just said of uh, the David versus the Goliath. Um, if, if I looked at the st- statistics correctly, you've got fewer than 6,000 undergraduate uh, students at the university. Correct. And and just in, as a point of contrast, I look at, for example, Ohio State, who's got like 45,000 mm-hmm. students. So you've got such a small pool to be drawing your students from. And uh, that's got to be a huge challenge in itself. But I figure every time that you are playing one of these large schools, everybody is, who is not from that large school is pulling for you. Right. Just because you're that David and, and you know, the Cinderella. By, by the way, you can't be a Cinderella team anymore, given you're always in the tournament. <laughs> We're not. No, we've, we've really, we've, you know, we've turned in our slippers and, uh, you know, in a good way. Uh, we, we don't feel we're a Cinderella anymore after 20 straight years of really being a top 20 team. Um, so, and, and, you know, what, what you said there is, is interesting. Um, you know, we're, we're not, we go up against these big schools and I think the interesting thing about Gonzaga is we are a small school with a very big brand. And it creates a lot of tensions at times, but a, a lot of opportunity at times. And it's funny, over these 20 years, you know, it used to always be that way. When we're in the arena, everybody's rooting for Gonzaga because we're that underdog. But in the last few years, we've kind of seen that shift, you know, as we've tended to be the yeah. higher seed. We've felt it like, oh, my gosh, the whole world is out there after us. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that's been an interesting feeling uh, and evolution that we've gone through. Yeah, people are expecting you to win, and so now there there's some cheering against you. Oh my gosh, I hope my team can, can beat this right. this little giant uh, that, <laughs> that's out there, which I find amazing. Yeah. Let me remind our audience that we're currently speaking with Dave Sontag, who is the Associate Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Gonzaga, and um, the basketball powerhouse, but much more than that. You can give us a call at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. You can email us at measuredthoughtsxm at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at biz, that's B-I-Z, Radio 132. So, Dave, um, how is it you leverage that success with the basketball team, and and how do you take advantage of that and, and use that for the broader purpose for the university? Yeah, yeah. So um, leveraging the team has has really become something, obviously, that we focus on and and to capture this opportunity. And here's the cool thing. You know, it's kind of serendipity that the tournament time is the time when we're sending out our acceptance letters uh, to, to, you know, prospective students. And so the timing is just great for, you know, Zag Nation and beyond to be going nuts over Gonzaga basketball. So we know there's all this excitement out there, and we try to think about how can we both pump up that excitement but also show people things other than basketball. Um, So here's a great example. 
Um, on the fundraising side, we've started doing our one-day giving drive right during the tournament time. So it's actually tomorrow for us is our Zags Give Day, and we've bracketized it, if you will. So we're really excited about it this year. And if you go to Zags... Bra- bracketized it? Bracketized. I don't know if that's a real word, but... but <laughs> it is now. That up. Maybe with Joe Lenardi it is. But um, if you go to zagsgiveday.gonzaga.edu, you'll see we've set up a bracket of Gonzaga icons and favorites, and one donation equals one vote for your Gonzaga favorite. And we're going to move these along throughout the day. All the funds are matched by a donor, and all the funds go to student scholarships. So I think that's a really great example of how, you know, we try to harness this excitement for Gonzaga in the tournament and direct it towards another, you know, strategic initiative for Gonzaga. Um, something else that we do is we really think about, okay, what's on our, our website? You know, what's on our homepage? Right. Uh, during, during 2017, we had 2 million views of our website over five weeks, and that's about a quarter of what we were getting in the entire year, you know. So so let's make sure that we have really strong stories on our homepage. Right now, uh, we're featuring a story about all of the service our student-athletes do in the community, and later this week, we're rolling out a story about our U.S. News and World Report ranking for number one undergraduate teaching. So we've got all kinds of profiles of professors and students on there. Um, so I, I like you know, to hear that, you know, featuring yeah. the professors. That's a good thing to be doing, that's <laughs> hey, for sure. You bet. Yeah. Actually, while we're on that, and, and then I'll let you continue on, um, is that you've got the number two graduation rate in the West, which is amazing, just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we could not be prouder of what our faculty and staff do here. Um, and, you know, it's a community that, that really has a shared vision and everybody works together. And, you know, it's hard work when you've got that big brand and you're a pretty small school. But it makes our work easier, you know, when we can tout things like that. Um, you know, similarly, our student athletes uh, were number one in the, rate, uh, the nation for a graduate success rate uh, for student athletes. So there's really? another great thing that we can be out there promoting. Um, yeah, and you said and you said student athletes. So I'm going to ask an embarrassing question that I don't know the okay. answer to, which is, do you have other sports teams? And I assume you must, yeah. but I only hear about the Gonzaga basketball. Yeah. Well, first off, I don't want to be remiss in in mentioning women's Gonzaga basketball, which has had just tremendous success. And and I can fill you in more on that if you want. But we've certainly got women's basketball uh, and we have a whole host. You know, we've got a crew uh, team that competes in the NCAAs. We've got volleyball. We've got baseball that's been very uh, successful uh, through the years and a great history. And hey, here's maybe the best thing. We've been undefeated in football since, I believe it's 1942. Is that because you haven't been playing football since 1942? Well, okay. You got- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, I saw there was a loophole yeah. in that comment. You got some shirts on that. <laughs> but, you know, before the 40, uh, 42, we were really successful in football. We actually put quite a few guys in the, the NFL. So we do. We have a whole host of athletic uh, programs, and – 
you know, it's like, you know, rising, what is it, rising tides or something. There's a they saying float all that, boats. That's there right. There you go. You know, it, it seems like all of our programs have, lift, have lifted over these past 20 years, and we get recognition, and all of our facilities improve. Uh, we opened a building within the past year that is completely dedicated to the success of our student-athletes, uh, nutrition, study facilities, uh, training rooms. Uh, there's an actual replica of the McCarthy Athletic Center floor in this building for practice purposes. Uh, so it's a beautiful facility, you know, and so that kind of thing just lifts all those programs. No, that's, that's uh, fantastic. I'm, I'm curious, what is it specifically you do around the tournament time to, um, to leverage the university? And the question that I asked at the beginning of the program, how much does being in the tournament uh, affect applications? And, I, and, and I'm thinking about this. I used to be a, a dean here in charge of the graduate division. So I was the vice dean of the school and, and uh, the dean of the graduate division. And I'm trying to think about one of the things you want is to get applications up. Yeah. And um, how much does uh, – and what you also want is you want to get a yield. That is, those that you accept actually come. Mm-hmm. And you say this is sort of when uh, they get their acceptance letters now. Can you, can you measure what the impact is of being in the tournament and how that has a, an effect on both applications and on yield? Well, we can, and, and we have. <laughs> um, you know, and, and again, it's, it's, I think Gonzaga is unique in that we've had this prolonged success. Right. And we're really blessed, and, and that's happened. And so we've looked at this, and, and I will tell you that being in the tournament impacts, from my assessment, okay, it impacts your applications. And I don't think you necessarily have to go to the Final Four. I think it's relative to the team. You know, if you've got a team going in the tournament for the first time, like when I was at Eastern, uh, my first year there, the team went to the tournament, I think, for the first time ever. Wow. And there was a significant application bump. Mm. Now, for Gonzaga to get into the first round, you know, not a huge difference. For us to get to the Final Four, big difference. So we get a lot more applications, but when you talked about yield, I think you were really hitting the nail on the head because we have to think about how competitive the environment is that we're in right now, you know, where we've got students who apply to five, six, seven schools, and once your brand is at the point of a Gonzaga, we are competing with really good schools, you know, for those students. So it's one thing to get an application. It's another thing to yield that student. So I'll throw a number at you. Um, our undergraduate admissions applications have grown 313% over the past 20 years. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You know, oh and, and a, a lot of good schools, I'm sure, have a nice percentage growth. I think that ours is trajected that steep because we do have a vehicle like basketball out there, and we have folks who have really smartly capitalized on it. But But again it doesn't mean that it's easy to yield those students. You know, to yield the students, we have to have a strong brand that is about more than basketball. You know, it's academic excellence, it's career preparedness, it's all of those things. So, so, um, 
and this is a delicate question, I guess. Are, are you able to raise tuition along with that too? So that is, you've got so many applicants and everybody dying to get to Gonzaga. Are, are, is tuition going up as a result as well? We have raised tuition over the years, yes. Yes, we have. But, you know, we're really proud to say that, you know, over 90% of our students receive financial aid wow. and, and quite significant financial aid. So, you know, there's, there's a big difference between the sticker price and what a student actually pays. And, you know, that's just, we have incredibly generous donors. You know, Zag Nation is not just excited about basketball. They're excited about these young men and women that, that we're putting out in the world, and, and they want to help create more of them. Um, so we've been really successful in, in offering financial aid. But, but here's the, the dynamic in higher education today. Uh, in order to attract students, to you know, have the facilities and programs and faculty to attract those students, uh, it costs a lot of money, right? Right. Keeping up your facilities, paying people, so the cost of education goes up, at, which means you have to offer more and more financial aid to bring to yield those students to bring them in the door, and so that's really the dilemma right now. You know, it doesn't leave much margin uh, for a university. And uh, that, that's a dilemma that we face like many other universities. And for us, the challenge there is to grow our endowment, you know, sure. and, and so that's something that we're really focused on. So H- hence not, that uh, one day of giving that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I get you know, it. So it's interesting. What I hear happens as a result of the tournament is you're looking at these types of output, number of applicants, the yield, and, yeah. and uh, the, the, the gift-giving that ends absolutely. up happening. we are. And I think, I, I think those are the three, and those make absolute sense uh, without a question. I'm going to throw another one out that I wonder okay. if you've even thought about, because I think about it, and I think your basketball team has an impact on it, and that is your ability to attract faculty. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have, have you ever looked at that? Yeah. You know, I can't say that I have seen any kind of data or anything like that. So so I can't give you any scientific response to that. I, I would guess that similar to student applications, you know, this attention puts us out there in all corners of the country where we wouldn't normally be. So I've got to believe that it puts us on the map for faculty where we wouldn't have been otherwise. But in a similar way, once they click on our website and they start looking at you know, our our core curriculum and our initiatives and our programs, we, we've got to stand up to it to actually, you know, get those faculty here. Um, sure. I, I feel like we have wonderful young faculty here. So if it is basketball bringing them here, I'm very, very grateful uh, because we have, have had just some tremendous young faculty over the past five six years here. So what's interesting, when I asked that question, Sunil over here, we're on radio, so you didn't get to see it, Dave, but Sunil gave me a look like, what the hell are you talking about when I I raised that? But I view it as sort of a... um, an internal marketing, that people are a lot prouder, there's more excitement. As you said, you know, some of those faculty, you know, those PhDs that are graduating from various different uh, parts of, of the country uh, and the world are going, oh, 
I, I know Eastern Washington. I know where that is. I've heard of it. It's some, oh, I've seen them, and there's a lot of excitement on that campus. And it actually is in, into a faculty member's consideration set, and there's a pride that mm-hmm. exists amongst the faculty, and there's a joy in being on the faculty because there's so much positive energy that's there. Uh, um, you know, when when the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl, the whole city was energized and right. there was an excitement. Uh, people were just proud to be here in the city. And I've got to believe that as uh, Gonzaga basketball goes, you know, from one level to the next to the next throughout the tournament, there's a level of energy and excitement that people are just delighted to be there uh, oh, with, there's, without there's a question. Like- yeah. Uh, so let me let me go beyond basketball because your job okay. is much greater than that. And mm-hmm. I'm curious um, when you think about building the university's brand. You know, what are you thinking about? What? How do you try and look at that? And 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 do you measure that? Yeah. Well, you know, it starts with the audience, and the challenge at a university is you have many, many audiences ranging from the 90-plus-year-old donor or alum to the junior high uh, student, you know, who starts right. to think about college. So so it's a real challenge, but, you know, thinking about the student recruitment piece of it, it's tough. You know, think about this generation coming up. Um, they can be somewhat skeptical. They're looking for... Um, their brands to be authentic, and so we really think about that sort of thing. How are we? How are we true to who we are? Uh, how are we differentiated from other universities? Now, first and foremost, we're differentiated because we're a Jesuit Catholic university. There's 28 other Jesuit Catholic universities that are very good. So then, how how do we differentiate from them? Um, so. You know, we have a brand strategy. Uh, back in 2013, we did a major brand research effort where we tried to take a real honest look in the mirror and decide what it is that it actually does differentiate us. And out of that came a strategy we kind of formalized in 2015 that we're still following. Um, and I can go into this as much as you like, but I'll tell you, the basis of this strategy is not so much about the it you know, the quote-unquote IT, the it that that somehow differentiates us. It's more about the way, you know, the way we do things here, we feel is pretty different uh, than other colleges and universities. And so that's kind of what we've hung that brand hat on. Sure. So so um, a practical thing now, when when you're in the tournament and you're being broadcast on ESPN and, and then on, uh, on other national networks, do they give you a, an opportunity to buy airtime? Do they, um, or is it that you're just in the same basket with everybody else and you can buy that airtime? Or is it that, no, they're going to do a promo on uh, Gonzaga and regardless? And so I know there's always, it seems like there's always a segment that says, let's show the campus and let's show what else is going on at the university. Is that bought time? And how, how's that operationalize? Yeah. Well, okay. So CBS uh, does the, the tournament and CBS Sports does invite us to send our institutional spot uh, to them each year for tournament time. And I believe that they're committed to running those spots that are in the tournament. Um, 
I, I have not found that to be extremely dependable, um, but you know, it, it is nice that they they make a commitment to do that and they invite us to send us uh, to send in our spot. But you know what we really see it as the tournament is a a platform that is special and can't be taken for granted. So we really try to place a television ad. Now for for us and a budget like ours, it's it's tough. You know, uh, I don't have budget to place anything beyond the Sweet 16, for example. Really? You know, uh, but but we're working on a, a placement right now to get a spot in you know the first couple games, um, and then during the season on on ESPN, we we usually pick out say the top six or seven matchups that will get the most attention, and we'll put a couple spots in those games. Um, so hopefully that helps answer your no, question. No, that, that definitely answers it. Now, you had such a successful season, and until last week, you were number one uh, in, in the polls, and uh, you sort of took your eye off the ball and lost that game to St. Mary's, I might point out. Who, ouch. Yeah, ouch is right. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have ended up as overall number one, but you're still a number one seed and, and had a tremendous season. I think your record was 30-3. and three which is just amazing. Fantastic. So congratulations on that. Um, I'm, the last question that I want to ask you is related to that, which is you've had such a, a successful season riding the tide. Um, do you and do you think a lot of your fans have already bought tickets for the final four? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, um, I'll tell you, I was talking to my dad uh, last week, and he was asking me the same thing. He's like, ah, Dave, should I, should I get tickets? Should I get tickets? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So everybody struggles with it. Um, you know, and the, and the tough thing is airfare. You know, airfare exactly. really goes up the closer you get. So so it could be worth that gamble. Um Fun little story is in 2017, our family decided to go ahead and schedule all the travel and buy it and everything about a month ahead of time. And, wow. you know, we we looked at it as um, we we thought, okay, you know, if we're there, we're all set. We're, we're able to bring the kids because we paid for it. If they're not there, we've got a great vacation in Phoenix. So I think if you're going to do it, you got to be willing, you know, for plan A and plan B. Um so I guess that's that's the advice I would give is is have a plan B. Right. Um, <laughs> the tournament is a crazy thing. I mean, it's one and done, and and that's what we saw, you know, in that matchup with St. Mary's. And St. Mary's is a very people don't realize this is a very accomplished basketball program with a tremendous coach, and they had a perfect game plan that they executed perfectly. And uh, so you never know, you know, and it's a one game thing. Um, sometimes so, the other so, team can win, even if you're ranked number one. Well, I'll be cheering for you, of course, yeah. until you play my Jayhawks. But until uh, until then, you know, best of luck. And, and what a great job you've got. That's fantastic. So thank you very, very much. And uh, go Zags. I think, I think hey, that's great. Yeah, thank you. Go Zags. And I really appreciate the conversation. Well, I do as well. So we're going to need to take a short break, but please do stay with us. When we get back, we're going to take your calls on anything marketing, branding, and metrics related and the branding of a university and trying to think about that. We're going to do in the last segment of the program. If you want to join the conversation when we come back, you can call us at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. 
This is Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 132. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 